Hello, she's, he's, and all comrades beyond the binary, and welcome to another episode of the Wheelback Podcast. Now listen, I understand I was gone for a minute there. Bear with me, I'm a depressed piece of shit and get real lazy about things, but we're back now, so fuck it, we ball. On this episode, I am joined by my friend Helosphere, otherwise known as Dylan for the rest of the episode. He joins me to talk about his two songs that have just come out, Burn It Down on Hellhound Audio. That one is featured on the Gatekeepers Volume 4 which I highly recommend checking out. There's some incredible tunes on it. Um, Notable tracks for me are The War, Bedroom Dub, What Am I, and I think my favorite title that I've ever seen on an electronic song, which is I Hate My Life and I Really Wish People Would Stop Telling Me Not To. He also joins me to talk about his second song that just came out today when this episode drops called Unstable. It's released on Goblin's Lair, another absolutely incredible tune. Both of them are top tier, highly recommend listening to them. On this episode, we kind of touch up on breaking down his creative process, the new tunes, um, label releases, compilation staleness, my personal favorite picking fights with dumb rave kids in our local electronic group, and surprisingly enough, cars porn? Anyways, here's Dylan. Hey, uh, yeah, welcome back to the Wheelback Podcast. I know it's uh, it's been a hot minute since I posted an episode, and we're back because I have nothing better to do with my free time. Today's guest is my good friend Hillosphere, but um, I know him by Dylan, so I'm going to call him by that for the rest of the day. He's got some new music coming out soon. Um, just going to give him a minute to introduce himself and talk about himself because he is so painfully good at that. <laughs> Hey, so yeah, my name is Helosphere or Helosphere. It doesn't really matter. Um, but I am from Victoria. I moved out to Vancouver uh, in 2020, so like right in the middle of COVID. Back then, I like would produce like future bass and like hip hop beats. But like since moving out here, I like uh, I try to focus around more so like dubstep, like uh, heavier dubstep, and then I do like I touch on like the little bit of melodic dubstep as well. But I. I would say, like, I define my sound as, like, tarot, I guess. Tarot and, like, some rhythm as well. Yeah, you definitely have a little bit of that rhythm flair in, in your tunes, I've I've noticed. And you you have that one song with Ratrix that just, uh, ooh, ooh, when you played that out, oh, man. <laughs> I, 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 I have a video of me screaming somewhere. I just need to find it. Yeah. It's just, what the fuck? <laughs> the whole oh, time. I love that track. Like, he oh. just sent me last week the second drop. And he's been holding it for like from me for like I don't know two months or something. He does but, that. It's he's that's not yeah. uncommon for him. He's admitted to that before too. Yeah. So fuck, fuck Curtis. All my homies say Curtis. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm super stoked with how it's turned out. I think we're like almost at the point where we're gonna start trying to like send it out to some labels. Um, but yeah, that night was fun. I um I think we pretty much showed up just for Curtis and Brad's set. <laughs> yeah I've, I've seen borgor a couple times and i was always like you know what i i'm not a huge fan of his uh festival trap shit and i was like expecting a bunch of that because the the one time the first time i saw him it was just all i mean he was opening for steve aoki so i i should have seen the writing on the wall but i'm also uh fucking illiterate so <laughs> i went and i was like this is disappointing and i got like the last 10 minutes of just like that disgusting 2010 to 2014 dubstep and i was like you know what okay we'll take it yeah yeah that's pretty dope and then i saw him a couple times since then i was always like wet like thoroughly whelmed i describe it it wasn't anything amazing his set was actually really good and i totally get why he like i know we were dogging on him for putting curtis and brad after uh brad for references is hollow core he's a good homie of ours uh absolute piece of shit 
one of the worst people you'll ever meet but fucking he mix yeah yeah facts dude. song selection on point mixing on point dance moves mids person <laughs> trash but we love them so fuck it yeah but uh yeah no we we that was i think the busiest i've ever seen the red room up until the close it was crazy like oh yeah hardly i don't like i think there was more people in for that set than for borgor I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I spent a bunch of Borger outside in the alley smoking because I got real nervous for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally fair. I was nervous. Like Curtis was like the day before. Curtis is like, yeah, we're gonna bring you up on stage to play this collab. And I'm like, what the fuck? I I get such bad stage fright. And then uh, starts playing it. It was fine. But I, I'm like, if you watch the videos, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> well, I mean, you're you're still kind of getting the the stepping stones to like you've played a couple shows yeah i mean from from experience i used to play in a band and like the first couple shows i was like shitting bricks the entire time i was like i don't know what i'm gonna do with myself like i don't know how to do this oh no like i was freaking out and then i think it was by the third one i was kind of like you get a little less like nervous about it and then you kind of get used to it it just it just takes time and especially with djing too there's so many like you can go so many different ways and like your song selection can you can throw that out the window if the crowd's not feeling it and freestyle it which is i can imagine uh, terrifying yeah because that seems like a just a stress point if you're already nervous but i mean i i admire people that can go up and just like i'm gonna freestyle a sex it's like dude what the fuck like i can't even choose what song Uh, i want to listen to on my drive to work let alone like what i'm gonna play in front of other people while they're staring at me fuck that (laughs) yeah i'm like like i only recently started getting into mixing too because it was like, I I don't know, I'd say probably a year ago, I had no idea how to DJ. And then um, uh, the homie Vince from MNG like reached out and asked if I was interested in playing some shows. And he's like, you know how to mix, right? And I'm like, oh, yeah, of course. Take <laughs> <laughs> it so, till you make it, baby. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, I reached out to my friend. I'm like, hey, I have no fucking clue what to do here. Like do you mind if I borrow your mixer and you can run me through some stuff? He's like, yeah, yeah, for sure. And then, uh, yeah. So like, I don't, I wouldn't, I definitely a producer before I'm a DJ hundred percent. But with that being said, like after playing my first show at celebrities back in May, it was like, it was a lot of fun. Something I'm definitely like interested in pursuing for sure. Wait a minute. Your, your first show playing, like an actual nightclub, like a oh, real okay, like an actual booking. club show. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, wow, that's a that's a big jump playing <laughs> celebs your first show. Like, okay, yeah. what what, what you, your parents got money? They fucking pay for you to get the opening <laughs> slot or what? Like, yeah. Well, before that, I played like my first actual show was in 2021 with uh, my buddy Aiden Lazar. Uh, he's he's a Victoria friend, but he's the one that actually got me into producing. So shout out Aiden, but um. It was just like a little bush rave. It was sweet. And it was a really good, like, um, it was a good practice. But, yeah, I, like, we didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> that's usually how it goes. You kind of wing it and then figure it out as you go, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so um, you have some new tunes coming out. And I know Burn It Down comes out on the 15th, which is tomorrow. Yeah. For those of you that are listening and also are like me and have no concept of time, uh, that is September the 15th of 2023 uh, of our Lord and Savior, Jeepus Crypt. And that one comes out on Hellhound Audio. 
And then you've got a second tune coming out, which is called Unstable. And that, oh, wow, I had the note and then I lost it because I'm a fucking professional. Once again, because uh, I'm a fucking moron. Um, that one comes out on Goblin Lair and that one yeah. comes out on the 24th of September. Yeah. Again, two weeks later. So that one will be out when this episode drops as well. So you'll be able to hear both tunes right now. I will link them in the description for those of you that want to listen to it. And for those of you that don't, I do not blame you. They are kind of trash. <laughs> I agree. So we're going to delve into talking about those for a little bit. Um, I'm going to start off with the one that comes out the soonest, which is Burn It Down on Hellhound Audio. Um, I kind of want to go through the process of all this because I made some notes on it. And uh, I kind of want to talk shit because that's the whole point of it. And if you know anything about me, I love bullying my friends. <laughs> oh, yeah. 100%. So here we go. So, you know, I want to talk through your process of how, how you came up with this. What what came first? Was it the drop? Was it a specific sound? Like, what what about it made you go, okay, I want to make this into something? Like, where did it start? I think it's got like that big, like orchestral kind of sound at the very start. The intro very very death step like 20 2013 to 2016 like death step vibes which i immediately was like yes yeah because like i'm a i'm a slut for a pan snare and some some haunting intros yeah so i think what started it i wrote this a, it, it's been exactly a year actually but i think i was like going through omnisphere or something which is i don't know if you've ever heard of omnisphere if you're familiar with producing but omnisphere is like this big synth sound bank and it's got like thousands thousands and thousands of presets i was just listening to can't remember what track it was at the time but it had this big orchestral sound and i was like fuck i'm just gonna go through on this and see what kind of presets they have for this orchestra and i found these like really nice strings and then i just wrote some chords out built off that and then at the time i was actually gonna go for like a melodic kind of drop and it just like it, it's written in D minor. It just sounded so fitting to fit in like a heavy ass drop. But a lot of the time, my problem is like, I'll write an intro and then I won't have an idea for a drop or I'll write a drop and then I won't have an idea for an intro. So like I wrote up this entire intro, I wrote the build and I couldn't get a drop down for the life of me. And I was like just doing sound design for like hours. Nothing was coming to me. And then um, Ableton has like this little... Uh, folder on the side of the project file and it's like what does it say it's like recent recent projects or something so i'm scrolling through all my recent projects and just going through the samples in them and like the main gun that main machine gun bass that you hear in the song that i just found that in a sample and i can't figure out where or what project i created that in but it just <laughs> it fit so well with the rest of the song so I just like took that and then that's how I got ended up getting that main bass. And then from there, it was just like writing out a flow that worked. And like the flow is kind of if you listen to it, it's like definitely basic for uh, like your average like tear out song. But I think just just the way like I phrased the song, like I don't know if you're listening to the whole thing, but like there's like that crazy sustained bass that comes in. Yeah, the, that that in the second drop, right? Yeah, yeah, we'll 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 touch on that a little later, because <laughs> that's one of my notes. Actually, was the 
it, it, it's got a like almost like a double feel to it yeah later in the song in the second drop it, it kind of like comes out of nowhere and i remember i was sending this track to like some feedback streams and i sent it to like space yacht and like i i just i love watching reactions when playing my own music it's nerve-wracking as hell but like playing that song for them they would like it wasn't like they were mind blown or anything when they first heard the drop like they're like bobbing their head and shit but as soon as that part b comes in space yacht boys were like s- like sitting back in their seat and then i submitted it to sisto and like sisto's like whoa <laughs> i have like it recorded on my phone as expression i remember you posted that a hot minute ago yeah i i i think that's a that that the feedback stream thing i find is is such a cool thing like you get the the groups like the grocery boys doing feedback streams and things like that and all those promoters and artists because it yeah it gives you a chance to see how the people that would be playing your music or like gives you that audience of people that would play your music to see as well that you get to see how they react to it and how how they're feeling it and understanding it because like music is such a subjective thing everyone's got their own take and understanding of it i mean like lord knows you've seen my opinions on social media enough to know that i've got enough of them <laughs> oh yeah yeah, yeah. same here 100 percent. i think we're very similar when it comes to that kind of stuff yeah that that's that swap up the second drop i i really got a gotta touch that the snare tone the pan snare <laughs> oh my god like i i was i listened to it on my phone speakers and i was like holy fuck this is crispy yeah. and then i put my headphones in and i was like jesus christ okay like this is a snare tone of like i would probably immediately not so hard that i passed out if i heard <laughs> this on a proper speaker system like i i chase this snare tone i come from like i'm a i'm a metalhead first like yeah, I I chase a good quality snare tone above anything else because like I I drummed for years that was my thing like it's for me a snare tone makes or breaks a song and it a hundred percent I just literally was just like oh my fucking god. oh my god like, immediately <laughs> just lost my shit when that hit and yeah. that little that little there's a the cutout I think it's at one twenty seven it kind of like after it's like the first drop hits you get a couple bars of it and then it kind of goes into that like it cuts out and then comes back in with like a, a slight change to it that was like a really nice it adds that extra little bit of flow to it that really to me keeps you interested in the song yeah because like I, I i'm constantly railing on dubstep is stale and safe a lot of the time people just like it's like one one thing here you go which is funny because i love like trench and rhythm which like i can't really talk shit about things being stale <laughs> but it's like I, I i crave that change up you know like something something different even if it's like a a little like one noise change like that to me makes a song so much more interesting and different yeah and then the build up into the second drop like it's almost like techno noises like yeah that the acid base i hear that and my brain is like techno like acid base techno kind of vibe to it i was like this is different yeah I get I get it. Like I see it. It's cool. Like it's a nice change up from from what you would normally hear, right? It's it's definitely weird. Like if you play that section and then like jump back right away to like the intro, it's like, what the hell? These aren't even the same song. But yeah, when I was writing that build, I I just pretty much like copy and pasted the build from the first drop. And then um I was like, I can't like I feel like I gotta obviously do some variation here. And I'm like, what could I do? And I'm like, ah, fuck it. I'm just gonna throw an acid base in. <laughs> fuck it, we ball. <laughs> who doesn't who, like an acid base? And it just fit, even though it's not really the vibe of the song. It just fits well. I mean, the vibe of the song is whatever you decide it is, and that's the wonderful part about being the artist that creates it. Is you get to say, you know what, fuck you. I'm doing this here, 
And yeah. if you have a problem with it, uh, you know, too bad, so sad, don't care. Which yeah. I, I, I really like. I appreciate artists that go go out of their way to to make things different and sound unique. And like I could that song I'm I'm really excited for it to come out. I'm immediately throwing it onto my my hockey hype playlist and my dubstep playlist. I'm gonna send it to a bunch of my friends who are all dubstep nerds that aren't as terminally online as I am, so they're probably not gonna see it, but <laughs> But that that fake out drop in the second one as well too, like that it's like oh this is gonna uh no aha nah aha <laughs> yeah <laughs> you yeah. drag my tongue across the sugar cube it was it, honestly man like bang was incredible when that came out like I was like holy fuck like okay this is great like this is this is awesome like local talent making really good music I love to see it and then the stuff that you've kind of teased and released since then and like touched up on has been like the steps and progress to it have been really cool to see. Mm-hmm. And like, I remember you posting the reactions of the, the streams that you've sent it into. And it's like awesome to <laughs> see like big artists and promoters <laughs> reacting to it the same way that I do. Cause it's like, fuck yes. Like this is, this is going to be one of those tunes. It's like, it, I, I I'm stoked to hear it on an actual system. I'm not, I know I'm not able to make it to, to your next show, but hopefully you get booked again sooner or Curtis does something fucked up with it. Cause Lord knows that man has the brain for it. I'm uh, I'm gonna double it tomorrow, and I've been practicing it, and it's just it's Ooh. such a good double. I'll I'll send you a recording of it after. No, get someone to take a video of it too. I wanna I wanna hear the recording, but I wanna see the video of it as well. Okay, that works. Yeah, get one of the homies that are there to take a video of it, because uh, yeah, I'm I'm fucking that again. It goes into that double sound in the second drop, that sustain to it, that just like. It the song as it goes, I find it it builds and progresses progresses in different little ways that make it not stale and very like intrigue interesting and like it constantly catches you like you think this is gonna happen and it's like oh whoa what yeah like was that your intention when you when it came to to doing that or was that just something that like it it kind of fell into place when you're fucking around with it um well like you said like how. At the 127 mark, I think it was like how it like kind of like fades out and then it comes back in. I've noticed like I, nothing I've really released lately, but a lot of the music I've been working on, I've been doing that a lot. And like it, all it pretty much is, is just a filter opening up and it's like teasing or it's not really teasing, but like it's playing the same thing that it's been playing already. So it sounds like it's going to repeat that same part, but then I just completely switch up the flow and it's just like. I don't know how to explain it, but it throws people off guard. Well, because traditionally speaking in, in like the history of of electronic music and dubstep specifically, we've been kind of Pavloved into we hear that and we know it's going to like come back in with something yeah. very similar. And so like the the change up is always like a whoa, OK, all right. <laughs> yeah. So I think like in my opinion, I think that switch up makes the song what it is. That and and the snare for sure. <laughs> oh, the 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 snare, the switch up, like all of it, just building up together, and and the different like that, like I said, that haunting intro into a really heavy like halftime chunky beefy drop, almost like into the acid build up into all like it just it all like it's constantly one of those songs like well I listen I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to it a bunch of times. After this recording, I'm going to listen to it when it comes out. It's going to be like, I, I know that's going to be one of those songs that's going to constantly be like, okay, like, yeah, this is this is a good one for me. And then that one leads me to Unstable as well. 
and this is where I'm going to get kind of mean yeah. because haha. Um, so unstable, that one comes out in two weeks uh, or whenever this episode drops for the people that haven't heard it yet. Um, so what made you choose to completely rip off must I and Murata? <laughs> um, so this <laughs> knowing I'm going to roast you on it. Um, <laughs> funny you say that I actually use, I don't know if you're familiar with prosecute. I was using, I was using one of prosecutes uh, traps as a reference for that. I can't remember off the top of my head, what track it was, but um, I wrote that probably a year and a half now and I just never got around to finishing it and I teased it a lot and then I had some friends that were just like yo you have to finish it and probably after a year I like finally reopened the project and finished it and made the second drop um yeah like it's so it's weird too because it's like not really like I'm all into like the machine gun bases and stuff so like that was a little bit a different change yeah. of pace for me a little bit outside of your comfort zone as an artist right yeah and it is like the classic like quarter note uh like sustained bass dubstep which i do like but it's just not what i'm used to writing so trying to finish that project was just really hard but my friend uh brody low which is kaz low played it at uh one of his shows and I saw footage of it and it went off. So like that was kind of like my wake up call to be like, I got to finish this. It was that project was probably revised like a solid 11 times, 11 or 12 times. I think I have different versions of projects of that song. Yeah, but um, I'm, I'm super stoked. Um, it, yesterday it hit number seven on Beatport. Yeah, that's awesome that it's got that much traction before it's even come out, right? Yeah, so that was like a huge milestone for me. Definitely, definitely it gives me yeah. a lot of motivation. You yeah. go. <laughs> well, it's not like it's a bad song or anything. I just I heard it and I was like I I like could tell the the influences and vibe behind it too immediately and I was like, oh, "Okay, like the the little there's some hard style noises in it. I'm like must I. <laughs> yeah. Like that is a must I signature move with like the the pots and pans stabby kind of vibe to it. I was like, this is like, and I, don't get me wrong, it's a great fucking song, but my immediate thought was like, this is like if Murata and Must I <laughs> fucked. I'm like, that is like so, so like, I, yeah. you know, it's great. But again, like, the, it, it's got a lot of variation to it in terms of like the swap up at 205 that really changes the sound of the vibe as well. But I think the thing that really stuck out to me was it's got like a traditional death step mm -hmm. mixed down. Like a proper, like it's loud. It's almost like borderline fuzzy, yeah. distorted. Yeah, it's got that like feel to it that that you hear a lot of people try and do it and like try and add that extra flair to it. And it's just like uh, it doesn't like it doesn't help a lot of the time when a lot of the times when people do it, like it, you lose a bunch of the song. But that just adds that extra little bit of um, density to the song, mm -hmm. not in a bad way. Um, I think density might be a bad describer of it, but it adds that extra little bit to it that's just like, oh, okay, like this fits really well with the vibe of the song. And like hard style is traditionally very yeah. distorted when you hear it. 
I'm, I'm I'm not necessarily a fan of that music, but every time it, it comes up on things, I'm like, oh, like the distortion's cool. Like that's that's awesome to hear. Yeah. Well, like a lot of modern day dubstep is just like shit ton of distortion. And like you over distort your songs. Like you know about like the loudness where like everyone wants their track to be as loud as possible. Yes, sir. Some people can redlines like <laughs> yeah. a headline, Some baby. Can do it. <laughs> And some people try to do it and they just lose all the dynamics in their songs. And I like, I'm a big fan of like the mix downs from like 2015, 2016, like all the Never Say Die like compilations. Man. Like you listen to that, the mix downs are so clean. You listen to it now, it's like a lot of distortion, which isn't a bad thing. It's just like kind of how dubstep has, like, that's the root dubstep's gone. It's, it, it it's something that I get the point behind it, but I feel like it detracts a lot from the actual like you lose yeah. a lot oh, in that, and that's like I'm 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 a very vocal proponent of like your songs need to sound yeah. good. Like I'm 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 picky about what I listen to now more so than ever because it's like I want to hear something that like if it sounds good on my shitty car speakers, imagine what it's gonna sound like through like a proper sound system or even like nice yeah. headphones or anything right like that's kind of what I, I i chase those that's what really drew me originally to subtronics when he first started popping off was his sound design was mm-hmm. it was clean but it was still like really heavy in there and like that that really drew me to him and like artists like that like Murata's, i think the the biggest example of like you can have really fucking distorted music and have it be like incredibly heavy but it doesn't take anything away if anything it yeah. adds to that song and adds to that whole like feel of it and that that was like you you hit it square on the head with this one like it it was on the ball like that was exactly what that song needed for the mix down and like i said i'm i'm death step is like i lived and breathed depth death step for a hot minute there unfortunately a lot of the artists i liked at the time turned out to be like real shit human beings so well, the the plight of an average dubstep listener. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's very true. But like it, 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 it's nice to have that. Like for me, specifically, like nostalgia feel of like going back and like you get the feel of a certain era, and you can tell where the artist was drawing influence from, and you can really hear that with the the tear out death step kind of vibes with it. And that that like I was like, okay, this is like again, like listen to it with my headphones on, and I was like, what the fuck, man? Are you like? Are you fucking yeah. kidding me right now? No, like, I was on the money. I'm very excited with how that track turned out, and I'm super stoked. Goblin Lair, Goblin's Lair uh, signed it. Like they seem like a very good home. Tavis, the guy who runs it, has been great. Super supportive. He's been like 5 a.m. every single day. He's been messaging me like screenshots of it. Tried it on Beatport. He's like number 13 today, number seven today. I'm like fuck yeah. Oh, that's so, awesome. I've never actually heard of them. Can you tell me more if you know anything about like what's the Yeah, so um Goblin Slayer is based out of Edmonton, I believe. They're a Canadian label. Uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> They're uh I I he was actually I believe when I first started talking to him, he mentioned that he used to live here in Vancouver. But it, I think he moved out there. It's either Calgary or Edmonton, I can't remember. Somewhere in Alberta. Yeah. I found them on SoundCloud, I think, when I was uh, getting my set prep for the Phase 1 show. And um, 
I recognize some of the names. I'm on like uh, I'm in an engagement group on Instagram that just has a bunch of like dubstep producers, some big ones and like some smaller ones. But yeah, I'd noticed like some I recognized some of the names from uh, the Instagram group had released on Goblin's Lair, and then I was like, "Yo, you guys, uh, do you guys happen to have a contact email for this?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, that Tavis is my good buddy. Like I'll put you in contact with him." So I reached out to him. Um, that was actually the first contract I've ever signed for a label release. Shit. Yeah. So that hey, look at you go. That was, that was huge, and that was pretty cool. Um, and then yeah, with the Hellhound Hellhound track, that was this is like my first actual release coming out on a label. Um, but yeah, that I like. I don't know if you know this, but the the Hellhound track is on a compilation. Yeah, I've seen you posting and about that, yeah. It is insane. I've listened to every song on it. Like these kids are fucking killing it. It's insane. Sweet. I'm I'm excited to peep the rest of it just just off of your suggestion alone on that one because I I love compilations. I think they they give a good uh idea of what the the company's going for and also what the sound is moving towards as well. Like you get those yeah. little like the the Never Say Die compilations for me. Like that was always like, okay, what's what's coming up next because they were always so good about finding artists that were either established in their sound and about to pop off or doing something really cool and unique mm-hmm. and like taking that next step like I, I always reference it back to to sudden death yeah because that was like he popped off like no one else yeah i have never seen an artist go that big that fast in terms of like recognition and and everything and his music's only gotten better too like i'm not i don't go out of my way to listen to sudden death all the time but every time a sudden death come tune comes on i'm like holy fuck like this is incredible yeah you know like and that that was really cool seeing that when when he was i don't know if he was any on any of the compilations but i know he released an ep with them and that was like oh yo like okay anytime anytime and, and finding those promotion companies that constantly put out good music so yeah. I, I'm excited to dig more into Hellhound and uh, look into that, and as well as with Goblin Audio too, because that's like a you always find those really cool smaller smaller artists that are kind of going after it, and it's a good spot to try and get some some recognition on your name and and your craft and everything and what you do, right? Another thing I've noticed too is like when I'm like shopping labels, you can just kind of tell which labels are like throwing compilations together without really caring about their selection. Oh yeah, like. It's seeing like I don't know. I I you don't have to name names if you don't wanna. But yeah, yeah, no, of course. Personally, I think like a lot of these compilations are just kind of in it for the royalties themselves, and like you can kind of see like you kind of like I I notice which labels kind of put the effort into like what they're signing, and like these two labels are definitely I I think are very good homes for these tracks, and I'm very stoked about it. And that's important for finding those those areas for your art that you think it's going to do well. And it shows that you care, too. You're not just, like, submitting it for release everywhere. You're, you're trying to find the right spot for it. And that's a, that's a huge thing. Because I know there's a bunch of artists that will just release on, on anything, right? You know, yeah. okay, get my name out there. It doesn't matter if it's the right fit, per se, or if it if it goes with the vibe that I'm going for. But yeah. Like to truly take the time to put the effort in to find something that's good for you is not common, I will say. So that's cool to see. Yeah. Like I 
I would way rather release with a smaller label um, than a bigger label that doesn't really care if that makes sense. Like, no, that totally makes sense. Like there's these huge labels not to like shit on anyone, but like there's these huge labels and they'll sign everything. And it's like, they have like hundreds of thousands of followers and it's like, but you go through their like catalog and it's like, they got house music, they got dubstep, they got like drum bass, they got lo-fi. It's like, at what point do they really care? You know? Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like it's a, a an art based uh, grouping. And then there's like these labels that almost like, like you sign with them and they like treat you like family. And like they're, those are like the smaller labels that you just know that they care. Like they're not in yeah. it for the money. They like genuinely actually like care about the music industry, like the, for like the smaller guys, I guess. And that's, that to me is important because it, it, it's what drives the culture of, of these communities is the people that are putting in the time to create something that's, genuinely about the art and about pushing it forward and not just like we're releasing to say that we are something right yeah yeah which is like i mean like i i i'm i'll give excision all the respect in the world but i'll absolutely dog on the subsidiary releases because i just feel like it's it's too much all at once yeah and it, it, it was... just feels like they're just doing something for name recognition more than anything else and it's like cool to get to see artists that are smaller get opportunities to release on like a massive label I will absolutely like give them props for that. Yeah. And I'll never hold anyone against like hold it against anyone releasing on that. But you try and listen to it. It's like, man, like, I don't know, like that initial release. What was it, it was like 130 something songs. I'm like, I something insane. Yeah. Like I, I, I have nine hours a day to listen to music at work and I still don't want to do that. Like that doesn't yeah. sound interesting to me putting that much music on and being like, OK, like, all right. Huh. It's a I don't know. I have my mixed opinions of Subsidia. And I think it was really cool when it first happened. But then Subsidia kind of went in the direction of a specific sound. And then people started catering their entire project towards that specific sound just to get Subsidia releases. Yeah. Making making release for the label, not for the art. Not It's not a bad thing. And like, I, I get it. But at the same time, it's like, is this the music you really want to make? Or are you yeah. just doing this to like cater to that? what you know they're, they're gonna sign you know <laughs> or are you just trying to ghost write for excision next <laughs> Boom. <laughs> yeah no comment <laughs> no comment i will not let you comment on that because i care about your career i don't give a fuck about me and i'm very honest about that <laughs> i will shoot myself in the foot mainly because that's my kink but also because it's fun <laughs> yeah I, I on that topic i've like I, I remember like when I, I I haven't had Twitter ever in my life until I like started this project and I get on there and I have a big mouth and I'm like <laughs> just going off all the time. I'm like I need to relax a little bit. <laughs> so you have something on the line that you can shoot yourself in the foot with. I am <laughs> just some internet troglodyte that uh, exists for the sake of not I've... becoming the main character, but just pissing people off enough that it's entertaining. And that's like, I've been, I've been better recently. It, it's, it hasn't been as much fun, but. Oh yeah, I totally feel you. I don't know how, like, you probably didn't follow me much. The, like COVID, I was just an absolute fucking menace for like <laughs> those two years of like no shows, like nothing's going on. I'm like, yeah. I am going to be the fucking problem in this community. And like it, <laughs> 
it was so much fun. And I, yeah. I like I, I try and talk to people that like know me but don't know that era of me and be like, I yeah, I have I have a propensity to be a dick when I want to. And I was trying to explain it to my my girlfriend when I started dating her. I was like, Yeah, I I'm an asshole online. And then she followed me on Twitter and I was like popping off on someone and she's like, oh my God, this is fucking hilarious. I'm like, I'm not even being mean. Like I'm literally just like walking them in a circle being like, you're an idiot. You're an yeah. idiot. You're an idiot. Like, yeah. And I that's, like, that's I, like, I, I, sorry, go ahead. I like, I've considered making a personal account, but then I'm like, my friends are going to follow me and they're going to be like, wow, you're actually just a miserable bitch 24 <laughs> seven. <laughs> that see the pro tip is is that i'm miserable online but yeah. if you meet me in person my autistic mask is so strong you'll never fucking guess it <laughs> yeah like my coworkers know i'm depressed but they don't know i'm cripplingly depressed you know like yeah they don't know i wake up every morning being like is this the day i drive into the ditch on the highway it's like <laughs> yeah i i don't i honestly don't talk about my music project with my coworkers at all they're all That's like, fair. I mean, they're all like uh, a little bit older than me, but it's just not really their thing. So I just never really mention it. And yeah, then on top I, of that, they're like, if they were ever to be like, oh, what's your DJ name? And they search me on Twitter. They're like, what the f is wrong with this kid? Oh, this kid. I don't know. How much time do you got? <laughs> <laughs> all they're going to see is fucking cars, porn, and <laughs> your girlfriend and friends bullying you with funny pictures of you. <laughs> yeah honestly my god i do honestly like the the cars porn thing every single time that comes up i'm like jesus christ like do you just have like a full okay so for reference i can't explain i can't explain it but just every once in a while there will be a thread and dylan will just show up with like some like you know like the, the cars lightning mcqueen <laughs> lightning mcqueen with a hot body and it makes no fucking sense but at the same time it's kind of just like no this this checks out like this is on brand you know <laughs> how how did you decide that that was your niche shit posting thing like was that just something that like it came up in a group chat and you just ran with it and now it's your bit or like I can't, are you just like fucked in the head <laughs> i can't even remember but what, like, really started getting me to, like, post it all the time was my buddy Marco, uh, like, aka Odisha. Uh, we became... Oh, fuck, we, fuck Odisha. <laughs> we became... Uh, fuck, fuck him. Uh, lo love him, but fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's such a weird coincidence how we met, too. But um, we actually met on Twitter, and Virtual Riot was talking about some sort of some production shit. And then Marco commented being like, can you explain this in Fortnite terms? And I, I like replied with a video. I had no idea who he was. I replied with a video. And it's like this like classic meme video of like this kid like going in. They're like in a locker room and he starts doing the Fortnite dance. And this other kid just starts punching him in the face. Oh, yeah, I've and seen that one. The Fortnite dance again. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm a I can't even remember what I said, but I referenced that video and I sent it. And then I clicked on his profile and I'm like, oh, what the fuck? This guy's from Vancouver. So we start DMing and bullshit. And then I can't remember if it was his tweet that that whole cars thing originated on, but I sent it and then I like started this little tiny cult of people just like spam 
like spamming those cardboard pictures. <laughs> yep. I, I think I think it was Marco that like was the person that actually started getting me into like spamming that all the time. It's it's honestly anytime I open up Twitter and it's like I see you and like it's like replying to and it's at <laughs> least two people. I'm like, this is going to be fucking funny. <laughs> and I, I look forward to those moments of like someone posts a, a silly picture of you or something. And it's like I, I can't explain it. I respect how memeable you are because like <laughs> I just look like I'm dead in person. I'm like, you look at me and I just like blank face like just. Oh, no man. life in the eyes but it's like the pictures of you, every post- single time someone posts the the costco photo killed me too like my costco photo looks ridiculous like i didn't i didn't shower my hair was a mess like i just took my toque off and it was all over the place i'm like i look like a fucking serial killer and yours is just like <laughs> i do not know how people got that photo because i don't you even have a physical costco membership it's on my didn't, phone didn't I think it's Maria posted it. Oh, Mariah. Yeah, Mariah was the first person I think that posted it. With the silly like alt text thing. And I was like, good God. Like, oh my God. I I respect the fact that you can just like eat your friends bullying you and be like, this is fine. I'm fine. It kills me every time. I I love it. If there's one thing I've learned over the past couple of years is like, I'm the most memeable person. Oh, dog, you could roast me to my face and I'd agree with you. I'd be like, yeah, and tell me something I don't know. (laughs) Like, my coworker on the daily, like, yesterday, we were just, like, I've got one coworker and we constantly, like, are not, like, at each other's throats in a bad way, but, like, it's constantly, like, fuck you, fight me. Like, that's the mentality. Like, we'll throw hardware at each other and, like, I'll be talking and he'll just, like, shut the fuck up, Jay. I'm like, no, fuck you. You have to listen to me for nine hours today eat shit and like we're just going at it and it's just like he's like fuck you are so dumb i'm like tell me something i don't know i'm well aware that i'm stupid like don't, don't <laughs> anything you say to me is gonna be like yeah i know i'm aware i'm not gonna stop like yeah yeah and like going with the bit it's just like that that to me like is something i i i love in in people specifically and in my friends as well because it's like oh like you can commit to like the fact that people will just that one post of the it was I think it was a party and it's just everyone Everyone's flipping you off and you're just like standing in the dark corner just like <laughs> lurking and it's like very ominous looking like it looks like something straight out of like a, a horror movie almost vibes. Dude, I, like, I, I still want to use that for like some album work or something some cover well, art. I'm not I'm not saying I had the thought about using that and slapping your logo over it for the image for this episode, but I definitely thought about it. So we'll we'll see how that goes. But I am for I just, it. That'd be hilarious. It killed me when that got posted. I was like, I was laying in bed, like just baked out of my tree and like open up Twitter. And that's the first thing I see. And I'm like, oh my God. Okay. Yes. Like this is incredible. <laughs> And like everyone just making memes out of it for like that was a solid like two hours of just like everyone was just making memes out of it and like shit posting it. I'm like, I love this. Like, I had this is people great. making memes out of it that I've never seen before. <laughs> it, was, it was hilarious. Memeable face, man. <laughs> One of my eyes is like it's got red eyes. It's, it's glowing. glowing. Like, <laughs> it's 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 very very uh very very ominous. I will say, <laughs> but I enjoy it makes it makes it interesting i i appreciate that you're able to run with that bit that's something that that it shows that like you take your art seriously but you don't take yourself seriously which is cool because like so many artists get like 
I'm not going to name any names, but uh, Melodic DJ that has a, a, a Phoenix as his logo uh, name searches himself all the time and it shows up in my mentions at least twice a year. And it's like always entertaining. Like, dude, like I'm some scrub on the Internet. Like, why are you getting upset about yeah. what I have to say? I don't like your music. This is a well-documented fact. Don't get mad. Like, not everyone's going to like you. And you're just like, fuck you. Make fun of me. Like, <laughs> yeah, and like I don't I to each their own, but I don't really understand the whole like. I'm a dubstep producer. Like I'm very serious. I need right. to be serious all the time. It's like it's literally computer noises, <laughs> dude. That takes all the fun out of this. Like, just be a goofball. Yeah, like I, I was like considering. I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna post all the time. Like I'm just gonna like be take it serious. Like post my music, blah blah. blah. I'm like, that's not fun. And like, you can't engage with people. You can't make friends. And then like, I get Twitter, and then all that like goes down the drain. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna shit post all the time. <laughs> cars porn reaction memes me being an idiot like and now like go out in vancouver to a show and they're like oh you're the cars porn kid i'm like yeah that's me <laughs> that's that's me oops <laughs> but hey you know there's worse things to be known for so, i will say in, yeah. in the wonderful scourge of all the dubstep djs being known for the guy that shitposts cars porn is definitely <laughs> definitely not the worst thing you could go as that's very true uh, no, it's it, it's fuck. Like I I look forward, and I always like because we're in co-ed together, and I we always like there'd always be someone posting something dumb, and you would kind of not not like go in on them, but like very like point blank, straightforward. And I was always like, I fucking agree with this kid. Like, <laughs> yeah, hell yeah! Like someone else that's willing to be a hater. Like yeah. I respect that. And then it was yeah. like we've, we've become friends over the past like I would say what year and a bit. Yeah. And it's always been like I look forward to seeing your name pop up in comments on things because I'm like, let's go, <laughs> Dylan's gonna be mean, and I get to join in. Like, yes, <laughs> yeah. like wait to see, wait to see your name. It's like, and anytime someone's being dumb in the co-ed group, I'm like immediately just like click on the comments. I'm like, please let Dylan be here. Please let Dylan be here. Please let Dylan be here. <laughs> Dude, it's funny. I get so hyper fixated on stuff like that too. Like, I just can't oh, yeah. when I see something I don't agree with. I like. I struggled to keep my mouth shut. And yeah, then, like, it's a, it's I, I, yeah, I, it, it was fun at first and it still is, but like, it gets to the point where it's just, just like one off comment will just ruin my entire day. So like, now I'll do yeah. is like, I'll, I'll like delete Twitter like so often and then just like come back on, scroll through, just like check notifications. That honestly, just doing that one thing has been like so good on my mental health alone. Yeah, it's a it, it's a it's a learning curve. I will yeah. say, I my my job recently was like you can't use cell phones anymore. Uh, does it stop me? No. <laughs> yeah. But I'm definitely on Twitter less, and it's like I've noticed my mental health is still dog shit. But I'm not upset about someone being an idiot online. I'm just yeah. kind of like, okay, whatever. Like I log in and I see stupid shit. I'm like, huh, you're an idiot, and then just keep scrolling. Yeah. And every yeah. once in a while, I'll pop in when it's someone being like astronomically stupid. But yeah, yeah, it's that balance of like it's so easy to get sucked into that, just like constantly online seeing things and like, uh, like I'm, I always say I might be an idiot, but I'm not stupid. Yeah, but there's yeah. a lot of stupid people out there, you know. So let's 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 get like back to the the semi professional topic here because again, this is this is a professional podcast, and I am uh, uh outright you know just really good at my my role here um what what's kind of your your history getting into electronic music specifically and like how how you ended up here because everyone's journey is a little bit different and it's always interesting to see that 
and like going from just being was it you were a fan first or you started producing because it was like oh this seems fun and then you got into it or what what was what's what's the dylan lore it's so weird so like when i was in high school i was like listening to skrillex like obviously scary monsters nice sprites yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. um yeah so the first the first um first time i ever like got into dubstep was like flux pavilion when i was in grade 10 my friend introduced me to it i had no idea what dubstep was and then i gave it a listen i was like this stuff is crazy just like the screechy sustains in that song i heard before and then from there i kind of dipped into ukf a little bit and um hip-hop and rap um stuff like joey badass and like uh asap rocky stuff like that yeah that kind of yeah that that 2012 2013 era so i first started producing back in i want to say 2019 and at the time i was making like just really shitty hip-hop beats and like trap and i didn't really know what i was doing honestly but uh in Kelowna, there's this music festival called center gravity and what it is is like it's like half rap half edm and then they have like wakeboarding and like freestyle BMX and freestyle skateboarding. But what really got me into producing EDM was I went to go see, I was really excited for like Juicy J was there, Action Bronson was supposed to be there, Wu Tang Clan. Action Bronson slaps. Yeah. So Action Bronson ended up dropping out last minute. And I can't remember who filled in for him, but his at his set time, uh, they put Spag. So, like, we decided to go anyways, make the best out of it. And that was, like, the first time I've ever experienced, like, live dubstep was Spag Eddie's set. And I was like, this is the stuff I want to make. And then, so, after that, I, like, kind of dipped my toes into, like, melodic, more melodic stuff. I guess, like, mainstream melodic, like, millennium kind of styles. And that was cool. And, like, I, I, I wasn't really listening to it. In my free time i was still really into dubstep it wasn't until i met my friend uh aiden who was a dubstep producer we worked together and we like never talked ever his girlfriend actually worked she was the secretary at my gym and that's how i ended up meeting aiden was through her because we were like just talking one day and then she's like oh you make dubstep i'm like well i try to and she's like oh my boyfriend's a dubstep producer and then I ended up getting introduced to him. He like really actually taught me it, like guided me and showed me the ropes of it. Super talented producer, never releases music, but I've been working on getting them to start making stuff again. He makes like the firm. Is that you? Yeah, yeah <laughs> he he makes like deep dub, like 140. Like he's just like Ooh. he's literally just a genius in Ableton. So I'm hoping like he's kind of stopped producing because he started going to school but um now that he's done school I've, I've been like kind of on his ass a little bit like yo need to hop on and like get you back into this like that's like a talent that you don't want to bury yeah i'm trying to think like what really got me into heavy i think like probably base when i went to base canyon in 2019 i think that's when i like really started getting into it and then from there I kind of just started diving into like more underground music and then I found like Tarot and Tarot just like took over. As soon as I found like Akuma and like DK, oh. I was like, 
this is the kind of style I want to start making. The proper shit. Yeah. The heavy machine gun bases. And then I started like looking into like kind of like the origin of it. Like there's like quiet and sedu. And I was like, yeah, this is the, this is the style I want to make a project out of. And then that's how I started Eosphere. Well, I mean, at least you're taking influence from like good artists. And I mean, again, subjective, my opinion, <laughs> I haven't heard a bad song from any of those yeah. guys. And it's like cool to hear artists reference them as an influence because it's like you don't really hear hear people like oh i'm a i'm i like you know subtronics or sudden death or excision or like all those like even like like don't get me wrong i love zed's dead but like you hear artists who are like i'm influenced by zed's dead and it's just like okay you guys are just a, a, a knockoff yeah. like that's all it is so I, I find when you get those artists that are the the smaller artists making music that are influenced off of other artists that realistically should have gotten big but mm -hmm. didn't or like had a very niche sound that the community that that it is a part of absolutely adores those are the kind of like that's the kind of music that really just like it hits different yeah. in a way and like adds that extra flavor to it and like really makes it interesting and unique to me which is like i i love i love hearing artists be like i was influenced by this guy that's got like four thousand soundcloud followers and it's like I fuck yeah that. like that means your music's gonna yeah, be good. Yeah, like exactly. Nothing against everyone else is influenced by big name artists. There's nothing wrong with that. But like I find those the artists that are influenced by the big name ones aren't aren't going to make anything that is interesting to me mm -hmm. and to people that like want to actually dig into the music. Yeah. Well, that's like yeah. the other thing too, is like you get the people that like look up to these like top forty dubstep artists and they're they like start producing like they want to sound like that but like they kind of i i don't know how to say this without sounding like a snob they don't care about the culture they don't care about the hmm. history and i find that that's a big problem in the producing community bingo <laughs> bingo that's that's a fucking yahtzee my dude that is spot on yeah so like when when you find those producers that are like yo like this is the style i want to take my shit like this guy's got whatever under four thousand followers this is the sound i want like you know that this person's doing some digging they're not just looking at top 10 charts and like just sticking with that you know says the guy in the top 10 right now on b port touche <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but hey you know it, it's it, it's again it's it's about it kind of like pulls back to that topic of the the smaller like collectives and labels and things like that it pulls back to the the people that are going to submit to those labels and, and want to actively be a part of those releases are the people that are kind of in it specifically for the culture of the music and and have a a greater grasp of the history of it and everything. And that's like such a deep like I, I I tried explaining all of it to my girlfriend who was like she's she knows of electronic music, knows of some artists, but like doesn't really know anything about it. And like I went on my whole little fucking like special interests rant like early on and i was like i'm really sorry like i didn't realize how insane i sound but she's like no it, it like i i appreciate it because it shows that you care about it and you understand it. i was like yeah well, i mean like i don't want to get into something and half-ass it right and and i yeah. i will always value people that want to be a part of something bigger than them because it's bigger than them and not because it's like i just want to be a part of it i think it's cool you know and it's nothing against artists that want to yeah. go out and just make music that that will get plays and and will get them the opportunities to do what they want to do with it. But 
I, I have a hard time connecting with that. And I find a lot of people now are, are having a harder time connecting with that, especially in like the smaller scene. Like I, I look at the group of like, specifically speaking, because like I'm, I'm pretty tight with a bunch of the guys in the grocery boys. Like that group is a, a group of people that, that they, they give a fuck. Like they, yeah. they care about the history of things and are like constantly on people about like, learn this, understand this because it's a part of what we are. And it, it adds that extra little bit of like, I respect their opinions more because they understand the past. And yes, the past is the past. We should be looking at what is right now and what is the future. But at the same time, you can't have those two things. You can't have the present and the future without acknowledgement and understanding of the past. And like, you you know your shit when you Ooh. talk about things and, and a bunch of the homies that you run with, they all like, everyone knows their shit when it comes down to it. And yeah. I, it makes me appreciate everything a little bit more and be like, yeah, fuck yeah. I follow the grocery, I follow a lot of grocery boys and like Sweet Tooth, he's always talking about like the culture and the history. Dude is a fucking homie. Yeah. I'm like, we need more people like preaching what he's talking about. Like, yeah, like I, I've, I haven't always agreed with him. There's been times when I've been like, ah, I don't like, I don't really care much for you. But like, I, I saw him open for Kazel last year and that set was just a, a proper, like, you could tell he lost. A bunch of the people that were there, like, because he was the the first opener, like a bunch of the people that showed oh, up yeah. early. You could tell that there was a lot of people, like, I don't, I don't get what he's doing, and I'm like, man, this is the fucking like, he's playing like 2013 to 2015 trench, like the proper shit, just yeah. like going absolutely the fuck in, and it was cool to see because like I've I've been chasing some of those songs live for a hot minute, so I got a bunch of the the old school shit, and I mean I was with with Brad and Curtis and uh, our friend Jesse. And it was just like, oh, a, and they were probably just losing. Oh, their it was it was lunatic <laughs> mode. We were like all over the fucking map. It was, it was, it was so much fun. And like, I I appreciate that, those artists that are willing to like delve back into into the past and be like, no, like this is an important song. You might not like it. Mm-hmm. Like, look at you go and listen to to Jake's stuff, and like a lot of people aren't gonna like it now. But I mean, like, mm-hmm. I mean, the 140 group's going to love it. But like a lot of the, the modern dubstep kids are gonna, aren't going to like it as much. I'm like, this is this is the fucking history. Like, you don't yeah. have what you have now without this. So it's not you have to like it, but like at least try and understand it. Yeah. Yeah. No, 100, 100 percent. Yeah. I get excision is like definitely a pioneer of dubstep. One of the pioneers for sure. But the way he's taken it from where he like started just like had like he has those headbangers and like those headbangers like just love that like mainstream sound that it's just like it's i and like i i do i used to too like i I still i I still appreciate it live of course yeah but i don't listen to it i don't listen to it with my free time i'm not going out of my way to listen to it but if someone's playing it out on a speaker system live you you know i'm 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 a liability you know like yeah yeah and like i i got in i went through my head banging phase it's like this is sick excision's gonna be my favorite artist forever and then i got introduced to like rhythm shows and i'm like this is where the vibe is yeah like fuck, fuck the head banging i want to see gun fingers and pioneers going it's like I, it's just it's it, it's cool being in a room of people who are just like cultured in the history of dubstep i guess yeah i've I've never been in a crowd for uh a a a trench or rhythm or like old older style dubstep 
group that's mm -hmm. like i've never been in a crowd for a show that that i've had a bad time at i've never been like fuck, yeah i want to i i either want to leave or i want to fight people like i i always want to leave like yeah <laughs> the second i the second i lock my door every day regardless of where i'm going if it's not for hockey or to see my friends or my girlfriend i'm like i want to go home like <laughs> that's yeah. just my vibe yeah. but it's like i i don't have that mentality as much when i go to those shows that's again to loop back to that like Ratrix back-to-back holocore set i i knew going in i'm like i'm gonna get like proper fucking like proper proper dubstep i'm gonna get what i want to hear and it's gonna be a blast and yeah. that it was awesome like and having all those people that came out to see them specifically made that crowd so much more enjoyable as well to me it was like one of the coolest things i've seen in the vancouver scene like people were talking about it for weeks it, it's still like that i think might be a a top five if not top three set for me a hundred percent them them being the homies aside like that set was fucked i went back and watched videos I was going through my camera roll uh well i was a little off the sauce on my vacation and i got back to all the videos of that and i was like fuck like that was that was incredible like yeah the fact that we got to witness like a proper like proper rhythm and dubstep set in a venue that yeah. like i'm not a huge fan of that venue but like on that sound system unparalleled like yeah yeah it was yeah that i'd say that like i think it was like i was sleeping and i woke up to go to that set <laughs> Classic. and i just by the end of that set i was just soaked in sweat oh yeah <laughs> and like the knock loose was... edit don't don't even get me started i oh I'm... yeah i remember you just going in. yeah i i'm i've been i've been a fan of them since they're they're all my friends ep which was like their first initial release i'm really mad i was supposed to see them before they released their first album which had the counting worms on it yeah and i got food poisoning the night before oh, and like they were opening for my like counterparts is like one of my all-time favorite bands i will never stop talking about how good that band is from my perspective yeah, you put me onto them. They're definitely like one of my favorites too. They're they're just I haven't even like really dove into them and like just that that like their most recent album. Yeah, he's like Bow to the Burn. Yeah. His um, his yeah. lyrics, it's like I you can tell I always joke, I don't I don't have my my Spotify, you you can't see what I'm listening to, but I always joke if I had that and you see that I'm listening to a lot of counterparts like check in on me. Cause like his, oh, yeah, his I, I lyrics are just so fucking just like disgustingly depressed and i'm like i'm like it it hits home and i've seen them a bunch of times and it's like i've always had a really good memory attached to seeing them but like i was supposed to, it was them and like a bunch of other bands that i like really love now that i didn't really appreciate then and then it was knock loose and my brother came back he's like holy fuck like knock loose was incredible and i'm like to this day that was like one of my biggest like i should have just fucking down some ginger gravel and nut up and gone like i i yeah to this day like fucking eight years later i'm still mad about it but like was was that in vancouver yeah it was in vancouver the place i think it was the cobalt which is like a a fucking incredible venue but like that that i don't know that style of music just resonates with me and like like he curtis was like i'm playing a, a, a counting worms edit and i'm like oh no <laughs> literally like it came on and i was like okay i you know i need to find space right now because i'm gonna injure someone if i don't like <laughs> yeah and like that that kind of music that that gets me like i i i vibe with like not aggression but like just it it's it's and that's what kind of drew me to dubstep at the time too was it was it was heavy for the sake of being heavy 
and it was mm-hmm. not an emotion like electronic music i find has a lot less emotion than non-electronic music which is kind of bad to say i know i'll take the heat for that one but but i find that that kind of music like the people you always see people complain oh, i don't understand crowd killing or crowd surfing or moshing and it's like no like it, it it's it's an act of an emotion yeah it's not about the vi- the violence is secondary it's violent music you're gonna have violent reactions to it but it's about yeah. that that emotion that you get from the music and like i i took my girlfriend to my my buddy from uh just outside of calgary his two bands came here in in may like it was like right after we started dating so it was like early and i'm like i i need you to know you need to stand behind me or along the back like this entire show like it is going to be violent and then she kind of like we get there and she's like yeah i i I see it i get i get why you said that because at first (laughs) i'm like i'm not trying to be like i it's not that i don't think you can handle your own it's just that like this is your first time I fucking I chipped a tooth and I got a black eye my first hardcore show <laughs> and my brother yeah. had a black eye in his grad photos from that show like I was like man like this is like you need to know it it, it it'll it'll get chaotic and then we've been to a couple of shows after that and then one we went to in July her friend took an elbow off the top of the head and like gouged a massive wow. like she had a bray on and it like gouged a massive hole it was like fucking seven hours in the hospital like a oh, whole, whole nine yards just to get told oh no it's fine you don't need stitches like <laughs> which is like i get it I, I i don't understand the motions itself but like she's a dancer so she's like i get the the release of it and that's i find yeah. that in electronic music too with like the heavier stuff you get that emotional release to it dude i i don't think we're that far away from like having kind of that that like that kind of like mosh influence from metal in the heavier side dubstep like you see you hear what like ybm3 is doing right now oh like fucking unreal just so much metal influence like i think a lot of metal heads are gonna start listening to that kind of stuff and you're gonna see a lot of the like crowd culture start coming to dubstep you already have like the the mosh pits i guess yeah the push pits you got you got the push pits but it's only a matter of time before you really start getting that that side of things and it, it's it's really inevitable like that's i i was a metalhead first and i was like fucking dubstep sucks it's so dumb and then my buddy started yeah. showing me songs that like clicked with me and then it was the excision shambola 2010 mix where i was like bro yeah like holy fuck okay i get it and like it's been that that whole like i'm i was not anti-mosh but i'm like this is not moshing for a hot minute and i still kind of am i hate i hate push pits i I do, yeah. I just, I, I went through my phase of liking them, and now it's like I'll see them at shows, and it's just like that doesn't look fun. <laughs> I just, I just akin them to like the. This is gonna sound so dumb, and I don't know if you'll get it, but like the fourteen-year-olds at like pierce the veil shows where they're just like oh my god i'm so metal and it's like i get it i totally i have been exactly where you are i totally understand but trust me life gets so much worse and this music gets so much better like just just hold on enjoy this moment while you're at it and i get it i will dog on people all day about being like this is a mosh pit yes but like you're so close to like actually feeling that like true visceral response to it and there's more as you get more mm-hmm. metalheads into electronic music and you get more like artists like phase one in particular collaborating with metal artists you'll get that crossover more and more and i'm seeing more and more of it too like a bunch of my friends that only like metal are like kind of starting to dabble into because you get the the guitars and things like that and they're like oh like i get mm-hmm. it unfortunately it's always like sullivan king but <laughs> <laughs> don't get me started 
that's that that's a that's a, that's a conversation for another podcast episode you know so it, it's cool to see people getting into it and starting to like really take those steps and like the crossover is inevitable and you know that people are going to be upset about it and i'm just going to be in their fucking crowd killing whoever's in the general vicinity like fuck yeah. you get in here if you're going to stand on the edge you're going to get hit deal with it like it's like they're they're so different a dubstep wash pit is like everyone's happy everyone's like pushing each other around yeah it's like they're not letting out emotion like a metal show they they're totally different it's apples to oranges it, it it's to me it's going through the motions of doing something that you think is cool without understanding the the history of it yeah a hundred percent and as you get the more history of it you understand like oh like i get that aspect of it and like the the fuck you fight me mentality or like you're a bad person i'm gonna beat the shit out of you like I don't want you in my community like those I, I've always been we should have those from the start and I get that people don't un understand the material conditions of it all and the history and and everything and as people like spend more time online and in the community they start getting those bits and pieces and as that crossover happens you'll get more people that have the understanding of it too getting into it which is it's nice to see more people being like no we we should just absolutely try and fucking kill each other like that's the point yeah. of aggressive music. Aggressive music isn't there to just be like enjoyed as like listened to. It's supposed to be felt. And like that feeling is important. It's not something that you should just mm -hmm. like, oh, this 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 is fun. Yeah, it's fun. But like, you know what makes it more fun? Violence. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, yeah. A hundred percent. It's fun to see. I uh I definitely want to go to some hardcore shows. You'll have to bring me out for oh, sure. Absolutely. Any of the ones I think I'm Oh, it's not necessarily hardcore. Any of the hardcore shows I'm going to, I mean, I'm going down to Seattle in a couple of weeks to go see Stick to Your Guns, which I'm like, again, another all time favorite playing my my album that got me into hardcore music end to end. So I'm like, I told my girlfriend, I'm going to cry. Like, you're yeah. going to see me just absolutely a, an, an emotional mess. Like, I got my songs picked out that I'm going to hop into the pit for. But any any of the ones that come into Vancouver, I know they usually start announcing them in the next little bit for the fall. So I'll uh, I'll send you band suggestions and things like that for sure because I'm I'm always like bring the homies bring the homies bring the homies let's have yeah. fun let's lose our shit so um I think I'm gonna uh yeah we've been been going for a bit I uh, I got some places to be unfortunately as I am an adult and you have places to be as well so I'm gonna give you a a minute here to uh to plug your socials talk about the releases a little bit if you want to if not uh fuck you that's fine um <laughs> so I uh, take it away. I'm Helosphere Music on, I think, everything. Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook. Yeah. Uh, Burn It Down drops tomorrow on Hellhound Audio. The Gatekeepers 4 compilation. There's tons of insane underground talent on it. Highly recommend checking it out. Um, shout out Goblins Lair for the release coming out probably just after this podcast drops. That will be unstable. And then I also just want to give a shout out to um, my homie uh, Vince, who's the owner of MNG. He's uh, he's like really taken me like on my next step of music, which is super cool. Since like moving to Vancouver, like he's become one of my closest friends, and it's just like he knows he he just knows people in the industry, and it's just really cool to like have him be there and help me. And all my other friends I've met producing. Um, since I've moved here, like shout out all them. It's crazy. I'm just a different person than I used to be. I, I feel like I used to be very introverted and just like ever since like moving here and like meeting cool people, like going out, like 
met you, like met Curtis and Brad, like shout out all those people that have just like helped my project grow and like make me want to like keep going further, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I haven't met a single person that knows of you that doesn't love you. So, uh, love that for you. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Um, Thank, thanks for hopping on, man. I'm really excited to see where these releases go, what you do with them, the next steps and everything too. And uh, like I said, there will be links in the description of the episode for anyone that wants to hear these songs. I'll link all your socials and everything. Thanks for hopping on. Take care of yourself. Uh, love you lots, dude. Thank you so much for having me. Love you too. Anytime, man. See ya.